Man, y'all look so good. I don't know if anybody's told you that this morning. So if I'm the first, okay. All right, we are still in faith and discipline. This is the topic for the year, which means we talked about it the very first of the year, the disciplines of our faith, those things that, that God has provided and prepared for us to do. Every day, whether we feel like it or not, things like spending time with God, spending, spending time uh, in the Word, spending time in prayer, spending time in fellowship with others, serving others, um, telling others about Jesus. You see, these are things that we need to be engaging in all the time. It's one of those discipline lists that I think help to keep us focused on the things of God to understand what it is that, that, that makes us alive in Christ is to, to live out these disciplines. And so we've been dealing with the faith part of this as we study certain books in, in God's Word. And so we, we looked at Ecclesiastes, which I've often said is the way not to do it. Okay, Solomon points out how, <laughs> how he messed up. Um, and now we're in Romans and, and we're really walking our way thematically and, and kind of, I, I hate to call it topically because we're taking passage and passage and passage and dealing with the subject matter of the book of Romans. And, and, and we talked about the good news, which is the gospel, the fact that, 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 that God has saved us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and given us victory in the resurrection. Talked about the bad news, that's sin. We've talked about justification and, and that we are righteous by justification. Talked about what it means to be set apart and, and that big word sanctification. Talked last week about avoiding the bad news, which is avoiding sin. To stay away from sin as best we can. And today we're, we're kind of continuing a little bit along that theme, but, but the title for today is simply Life Secured. Romans 8 verses 1 to 11 and let's read it. Here we go. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on the things of the spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Let's pray. God, we praise you for the morning, the opportunity, God, that you've given us to gather, to worship, to sing, to pray, to enjoy the company of the family of God, this body of Christ. God, we don't just gather for the good feelings of it. God, we gather to worship you, to proclaim your worth, to sing to you. God, let that be our heart's motivation. 
God, let us examine our hearts this morning in such a way, God, that we can discern and determine, God, that our singular purpose in gathering this morning is that we would please you and honor you and bring you glory. So, God, we celebrate your word this morning and what you have to say to us, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. What's Paul trying to convince us of? Right? I mean, I looked at this and I was like, all right, you know what? We've been, we've been addressing the same theme for the last several chapters. Uh, Paul is presenting the case. And I've told you before that Romans is a very sort of a, a judicial, legal kind of document, a letter that Paul writes to the churches that are actually meeting in Rome. He's also writing to Christians throughout the Roman Empire. And by extension, he's writing to us. And he's making the case not simply for for salvation or or, or, or the reason to meet like this, but he's making the case for our identity in Christ. He's making the case for who we are. And so when I asked that question, I'm like, what is Paul trying to convince? I didn't ask this of y'all first. I, I, I worded it that way since we're in here and we're all sitting together. But I asked the question, what is Paul trying to convince us of? But early in the preparation for this morning, I was like, all right, Paul, what, what, what are you trying to convince me of? What is it you want me to know as I read these 11 verses? And then it dawned on me. That's how things dawn on me right there. It's not Paul trying to convince me of something. It's God trying to reveal something to us. It's God showing us something. It's God revealing something of himself to us. It's God showing us uh, uh, not just the, 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 the point of our identity in Christ. God is showing us who He is and what it is that He's done and what He's accomplished and, and what He's still accomplishing in us. Because I keep asking it ever since we started Romans. I say, all right, all the perfect people in the room, raise your hand. And guess what? Nobody raises their hand except some, usually some smart aleck teenager, right? But the point is, is that we're not perfect. God is still at work in us. God is still at work on us. And as we read a passage like this, Romans 8, uh, 1 through 11, what we see is, is that God is revealing himself to us. God is showing us who he is and how he acts and what his characteristics and attributes are. Because that is what has an impact on who we are. Okay, so that's where this all goes. Life secured. What is it that God has done uh, on our behalf? We have been made righteous by justification. Uh, I've told you that theologically, a lot of people like to define that as declared righteous. What that means is, is that, yes, we're all admitting that we're broken, fallen, sinful, corrupt people. But God has, by virtue of, of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and, and salvation, redemption, regeneration, that, that, that theological definitions, they like to say that, that we have been declared righteous in spite of our sin and only because of the shed blood of Jesus. But if you really look at what God says about the forgiveness of sin and the cleansing of sin, it's not that we were simply declared righteous. God made us righteous. He imparted to us a righteousness that is not our own. 
It is the righteousness of Christ. You see? He made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Man, that, that's who you are. You know, so if you're in Christ this morning, you're righteous. All righty? Everybody's kind of looking at me like, uh, making me nervous. Everybody look at your neighbor and said, hey, you're righteous. See there? Welcome to the congregation this morning, you see? I mean, God has blessed us with something. Uh, we have been, uh, now you, you know the legal process. We, we hear about it in the news every day now. Anyway, uh, uh, we've been acquitted. That's the point of today's message, that we've been acquitted. You know, we stand before judgment, and everybody's looking forward to the great white throne kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us to examine ourselves. Judge ourselves before the throne of God. Okay? And recognize that what God is doing, God has accomplished something in us and is accomplishing something in us. Okay? So, in our court system, we know how it works. You, you know, somebody gets charged. Somebody gets indicted. I only know this because I listened to a couple of news broadcasts this week. <laughs> then they get tried. Then they get judged. And then they either get sentenced or acquitted. Right? Now, in our court system, when they get acquitted, it, they're found what? Not guilty. But before the throne of God, we're found innocent. As if it never happened. So that's why I differentiate between the idea of declared righteous, which would be like being declared not guilty, and being made righteous because we've been given and clothed and, and robed in a righteousness that, that only God could accomplish. God did it. You didn't. I didn't. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. We don't deserve it. But God did it. God accomplished it. God did a work that we can't do. God made a way and secured life for us. All right? So am I... Right, so God is revealing himself, and, and in revealing himself, he's, he's, he's revealing who we are as well. Okay? Uh. God is, 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 is telling us something by his word. And, and here's the question. Do you believe him? Do you trust him? You know, I, I, in ministry now, 40-something years, and, and, and I run across people quite often that struggle with their own salvation, question their own salvation, wonder... Things like, uh, am I living a life deserving of my salvation? And, and when they ask me questions like that, I go, no, you're not. You can't. But it's not an excuse. You see, God didn't give us excuses to sin. As a matter of fact, God gave us a spirit and power, his spirit and power to rise above sin. So that's what this passage is about this morning. You ready? Listen to these words. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
Can I convince you of that? You see, is Paul convincing of us, us of that? Are we, are, are, are we really uh, living out the freedom that God has granted to us? Or are we trying to work our way into a deserving posture of the salvation that God has already guaranteed? See, that, I find the struggle throughout the body of Christ. I hear people all the time talking about, you know, working. And I'm like, man, that's exhausting. You can't do it. You can't get there. God made you righteous. God made you free. You are not condemned. There is therefore, now I'm, I'm quoting King James, sorry, it's my childhood. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, we finished it up last week, the differentiation between what it means to be this, this flesh figure, fallen, broken, and yet uh, being also righteous and forgiven and, and God's child. God's at work. He has set us apart and he is setting us apart. There are no perfect people here. I always, uh, and, and Jeff, I appreciate it because we talked a little bit this week. Uh, the idea that, that you know, um, after, and I said it last week, and so I'm going to point it out again. Thank you. Um, was Paul perfect after the Damascus Road experience? No. So you aren't either. And yet God is still working on your perfection. God is still refining you. He'll turn up the heat in your life to produce righteousness in you. That's why I hate to hear Christians whine. You know, oh, woe's me. I'm a Christian. Why isn't God taking care of me? Guess what? He is. Stop your whining. I remember when Eli was little. Uh, that's another... He, he'd start whining about something. He's back there, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'd say, this is a no whining zone. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell him, i say, this is a no whining zone. But I want you to imagine something right here. Because this is the picture in my mind. And I'll try not to use his name. But think about the father. Standing. Standing. In the swimming pool, right? And saying to the kid on the side, jump, I'll catch you. And the kid looks at the water and he looks at the daddy and he looks at the water and he looks at the daddy and what tips the scale for that kid to jump into the danger of the water into the father's arms, right? Faith, trust. See, God has worked salvation in us and he has called upon us to trust him, to have that faith in him for every day. We're not of the flesh. Listen to this, I'm going to finish this. For what the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. God's done the work in you. God's accomplished something you can't. God's done a work. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, verse five, I think is very important. What, what, I don't want to use the word trigger. Uh, what motivates you to make righteous choices? 
What is it that, that, that in the scope of your life, your day, your, your, state, your steps of action, where you're going, what you're doing, what is it that in, in, in you, in us as people, uh, helps us to go, okay, this honors God. This does not. What is it in our lives that in this position we look and we go, okay, this is God honoring, so I am choosing this step as opposed to that one. Listen to these verses and these words in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. And there are some people that just give in to their sin. This, oh, I'm going to do this. It's just who I am. I'm going to do this because I'm weak. I'm going to do this because I can't help myself. Your minds need to be set, not on the things of the flesh, but listen to this, because he keeps going. Now, uh, set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset, here you go. I didn't make this up. I didn't come up with this. Paul's showing it to us. Ready? Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. Man, start our days. I wrote this this week in the devotionals. <coughs> start your day going, God, I, I want to be near you. I want to walk with you. I want my heart, my mind to be set on you so that when the situations or the choices or the opportunities present themselves, that my mind is set on you so that I am choosing this step, which brings you glory which honors you, which reflects the salvation that you have given me, which, which shines forth the power of the Spirit of God in me. Are you going to sin? Yeah. Because we're not perfect till we stand with God. But you know what? We don't make excuses for bad thinking. Okay? A friend of mine who's a pastor used to call it stinking thinking. If that helps you remember it, go ahead and remember it that way. That's a mindset on the flesh is stinking thinking. A mindset on the spirit, righteousness, salvation. And then he goes on to sort of lay out the whole mindset argument. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. You know, when you do sin, how do you respond? See, that's what I was saying a minute ago because if, if the Spirit of God in you points out sin and your reaction is defense or justification or some kind of rationalization, that's the flesh. But if the Spirit of God points out sin in your life and you go, you're right, God. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I sinned. Please forgive me. Guess what? He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us 
from unrighteousness. Wow. What's Paul trying to convince us of here? What's God revealing to us? Okay. Here's the question. Do you know who you are? And by that I mean, do you know who God's made you to be? See, I talk about God's design and purpose all the time. You know, when God first said, let there be, he had a design in mind. When God first said, let there be, he had a purpose for his design. When God first said, let there be, he had a plan for his design. Folks, we live in a world, a culture, a society that is doing everything it can to deny the design, purpose, and plan of God. <clears throat> and sadly enough, I, I hear those who claim Christ going along with it. And I look at the world around me and I go, God, how it must grieve you to see people deny you. See? So, so what is it that, that we're called to do in Romans chapter 8? You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. We, in Christ, Christ in us, see, we are in the Spirit. We, we, we're not... <laughs> no excuses, folks. There's a t-shirt company out there called No Excuses. Folks, God's people need to quit making excuses for sin. Need to quit the compromise. I think there's also a t-shirt company called No Compromise. We should get some t-shirts. Oh, no, we got some t-shirts. Okay, never mind. Who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Tomorrow's Monday. You already know. And you already know. Some of you know what Monday looks like. Right? I used to joke about the old guys that hang out at Hardy's. Anybody still hang out at Hardy's? I don't know. I don't, but I'm not old enough yet. I'll get there one day. But it's funny if you kind of go in the proximity of the of the the regular fast food biscuit place group in the mornings, and you sit close enough to hear their conversation. Do you know that they all know what needs to be done? Have you listened to that? Here's what I think: they've got all the answers, right? Can I just take that one step further? They know it all. Right? Bunch of know-it-alls sitting down at the Hardee's. If you're one of those, forgive me, but 
But this is the question I'm asking. Who is it that you're listening to for right and wrong? For righteousness and unrighteousness? For this step or this step? Because if you don't set your mind on things above, right? if you don't set your mind on things above, then I will tell you our adversary, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he is waiting to trip you up. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're not always going to be able to withstand, and yet we're guaranteed again, Paul's writing, that whenever there is temptation, God makes a way out of temptation. But you've got to be thinking to get there. See, we live in that system, that society, that culture that just kind of says, well, I can't help it. Dare I call it victimization, victimhood or whatever? I'm just a victim of my circumstances, so I can't help myself. There's a Hebrew word for that. (laughs) You know, I really should not do that from the pulpit. But I'm just going to tell you, we live in a world of stinking thinking. And Christians get caught up in it to the point where they make excuses. When God says, you have my spirit in you. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. It's verse 10. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now, there's a song that we used to sing. Right? I forgot the name. What was it, Scott? I asked y'all to sing it. Um, Scott can't remember either because they quit singing it after a while. But the power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. See that? The power that brought Jesus back to life abides in us. I um, I wired an outlet this week at my parents' house. It was one of them floor outlets, and it was one of them round ones like this, and the top had gotten lost a long time ago. So the outlet's just exposed there. And to be honest with you, I think there's like Cheetos. And and I don't know what down in that outlet, right? And so I I looked at it and I thought, there's no way to clean that out. I guess I should just take it apart and and redo it, you know. And and I'm not an electrician. And so if, if, if you are, then don't laugh too hard at me. But I thought, you know what? I think I can be careful enough just to rewire this thing and and just put this thing back together. Well, fortunately, I'm standing before you alive, so... uh... (laughs) But we did have some fireworks. Right? (laughs) My mom was sitting right over there in her recline. I went, pow! And I went, woo! (laughs) Fortunately, it tripped the breaker, and I finished the job. (laughs) But here you go. There can be power to the outlet. But until you plug something in, it's worthless. Folks, if we don't take the mindset of plugging into the power of God, 
doesn't help us any. Okay? Just remember, God has given you something. God has accomplished something in you. It is not about, it's not simply about something that He's handed you. It's about who He's made you to be. It's your identity in Christ. Don't forget it. When you leave here this morning, go live it. Go be plugged into what God has done in your life. If you don't know Jesus this morning, well, guess what? That's where it starts. It starts with Jesus. You can't have the power of God apart from from a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. The salvation, the redemption that God granted through the shed blood of Christ on the cross and the victory that we have in the resurrection. You see, if you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you to him. Like he's a friend. Well, because he is a friend. Sticks closer than a brother, I heard. Right? So if you don't know Jesus, let us introduce you to him. Maybe you know him, but but the world's kind of got you a little distracted. All the conflict out there, the division, the junk that goes on in the world. Man, gets our mind caught in the wrong direction. Our mindset is supposed to be on the things of the Spirit. Okay? Set your mind on the things of God. Okay? Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering. Good gracious. We've baptized probably 40 people in the last two and a half months. Uh, the, the, the ocean's always ready. I promise. Sometimes it's more than ready. But God's blessing because there are folks who are surrendering and trusting Jesus. And maybe that's what you're supposed to do this morning. Pray with me. Father, I thank you. Thank you for today, and I thank you for what you accomplished. Not me, not us, not the gathering. God, you are doing a work that we can't do. You're accomplishing something that we we can't even see the full picture of, and yet we get to be a part of it, like a building block, like a, a stone. So God, I pray... God, that we would simply trust you and jump into your arms. God, that we would fix our minds on you every morning, every day. God, that we'd abide with you. God, as I prayed this morning, that we would draw near to you, you would draw near to us. God, let us not just on Sundays, but every day draw near. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.